Well, welcome to the latest episode of the Manda Hadley podcast. In this episode, we're going to explore lasting powers of attorney or LPAs, uh, including what they are, uh, why you may need to have one and what it entails to actually put one together. Uh, I'm delighted that we're joined today by Rachel Gadsden, private client executive in our wills, probate and older client services team, uh, is going to help us get a full understanding of LPAs. So welcome, Rachel. Thank um, you. Could you start us off really by explaining what is a lasting power of attorney? Yeah, it's a legal document that allows someone the power to appoint someone uh, whether it be a family member, a friend, a professional, um, such as a solicitor or an accountant, to act on their behalf if they're not able to make decisions for themselves anymore, whether that be through injury, illness, sort of old age sometimes, um, that they just can't manage. Um, and it then lets them know that their things could be managed uh, in a certain way, as they would want it managed had they been able to manage it themselves. So is there more than one type of LPA? Yes, there's two. So it covers all aspects of your life, really. There's one that covers property finances. Uh, so anything to do with banks, investments, bills, your property, um, and then one that covers health and welfare. Um, and this can be really quite wide ranging, actually. Anything to do from if you need care at home, if you need care in a residential setting, if um, you need decisions about medication, operations, um, anything sort of day-to-day -day life really. Um, the health and welfare one can only be used when you haven't got capacity anymore. So while you're still able to make your own decisions, you do make them. Um, whereas the property one is a bit more flexible and can be used while you've got capacity, but only with your consent. So you still stay in control of decisions um, but you give them the authority to act, for example, if you're, I don't know, bed bound from an operation or something like that, you can then know that your affairs are still being managed well while you can't do it yourself. Okay, so why might I, for example, want an LPA? Um, well, anyone, I personally, I believe anyone should have one. Um, and it gives you the control and you retain the control over who is looking after things for you, whether that be your money, your care, your welfare. No one knows what's going to happen in the future. A lot of people kind of consider them as an elderly document and people like their grandparents or parents should have them. But no one knows whether you're going to get into an accident or something could happen to you that's unexpected that could change your mental capacity or your ability to manage things. So everyone really should have one it's a bit like an insurance policy really so if anything does happen you've got the provisions there to help you if you need assistance um, and it's it's to give you the control mainly um, because if you don't have one which a lot of people will say well if I don't have one what what happens really um, then if you don't have one and something happens that your mental capacity changes and you can't manage your own affairs um, your family, friends or, you know, solicitors can apply, would have to apply to the Court of Protection to obtain what's called a deputyship order. And the court then makes the decision as to who will manage your finances and, you know, welfare concerns. So you lose the power. If you don't make one, you're leaving it up to the court to decide. Whereas if you have one, you're in control of it. 
Okay, so how do you go about creating an LPA? So a solicitor can draft one for you um, and they can take your instructions and make sure that it's correctly executed, that everything's in place properly because they, they're quite a long document to draft. So you want to make sure that it's all correct and, and uh, registered properly as well. Um, you can make them yourself um, via the government website. Um, you don't have to go to a solicitor. However, there are risks with that. You also have to um, find what's called a certificate provider, which is part of the document, um, which a solicitor would do if they were drafting it for you. Um, and you, you can have errors. I've had to correct a lot of errors in powers of attorney that have not been prepared by solicitors and they've then had difficulty in using them when they've come to use them. So it's just making sure that care and attention is taken when they're drafted. So using a solicitor would be the best option to ensure that everything's correctly done. Okay, understand. Um, now, obviously, lasting power of attorney means choosing an attorney. So what considerations do you need to make when you're actually choosing that person? Now, this is probably the most obviously important part of it. You need to give big considerations to people that you trust and that will make best decisions for you in your best interests um, and someone that knows you quite well. Um, I mean, there are certain situations where people haven't got family and friends that can act for them and in certain circumstances, solicitors will act for them. But you need to make sure that if you're appointing someone that they won't abuse the power that you're giving them and that they will act in your interest, will act in your instructions if you provide them. And if you're appointing more than one, you need to make sure they can work together um, because they will have, they possibly will have to in the future. So, you know, if you've got children that disagree or family members that disagree, be very careful if you're going to appoint them together that they will act in, in the best interests of you. Um, you can appoint different people for your finances and different people for your health and welfare. So if you think some people are better suited to managing finances or some people are better suited to managing your health and welfare needs, then you can appoint different people if you want to. They don't have to be the same. And, and, and am I able to place instructions on those attorneys as well? Yes. So there is a section within a power of attorney that you can give what's called preferences and instructions. So preferences don't have to be followed, um, but your attorneys must consider them if you put them in. So this might be that I would prefer to stay at home if I can from a health and welfare point of view. Um, if possible, I'd prefer to receive care at home rather than go into a residential setting. Um, but it can be wide ranging from your diet that you'd want to uh, follow a certain diet or follow a certain faith or that from a financial point of view, you only prefer to invest in certain companies if that's your kind of financial situation or that you don't if you've got a property, you don't want your property sold unless absolutely necessary. Um, from an instructions point of view, if you provide instructions, they have to be followed. So they have to be given very much consideration and, and specific consideration when they're drafted. Because if your views change um, to what you've put in the instructions part of your power of attorney, uh, and you don't want that to happen anymore, you've got to change your whole power of attorney. So it's something that has to be considered. Um, a lot of people don't put instructions in because they've chosen their attorneys very carefully 
and they know what their wishes would be they know what um, they would want to happen and they have to follow those um, but some people want a very specific um, instruction putting in that might be quite niche or if they're appointing solicitors for example to give them a bit more direction because they won't know the ins and outs of everything so they can be put in you just have to be very careful of how you word them and what effect they will have down the line when your power of attorney comes into place okay and do you also need to have replacements lined up as well so replacement attorneys it's recommended. Um, it depends how many original attorneys you're appointing. So you can appoint up to four um, and they can either act jointly or what's called joint and severally, which means they can act together or on their own, depending on the circumstances, which is you know more flexible. Um, if you act, if you uh, appoint them jointly um, and one of them passes away or then becomes mentally incapable themselves and cannot act for you, um, the whole power of attorney would fail unless you've got a replacement attorney as backup. Um, also, if you only appoint one attorney, which often people do, whether it's a husband and wife or partner in general or just one child, and something happens to that attorney, if there's no replacement, then again, the power of attorney would fail. So if you're putting in replacements, they don't have automatic authority over anything. Um, they would only step in when your original attorneys can't act for you anymore. Um, and again, you can appoint up to four. If you appoint too many people, it can get a bit busy and it can get a bit too, um, too many people um, kind of get involved with it. Um, but you can effectively appoint up to four if you want yeah. to. OK, so what does the role of an attorney actually entail? What, what, would, what do they have to do? Okay, so it depends if they're appointed as a property and finances attorney or a health and welfare attorney. From a property point of view, they have the authority to um, look after your bank accounts, make sure that they're operating properly, any bills are settled, um, any investments are sort of keep going or whether they need to be sold depending on the circumstances. They can reinvest for you, so say um, you have a uh, sum of money, uh, they Choose an investment or put it in a certain savings account. Um, they also have authority over your property. So if it needs to be sold for possibly care home fees or it's not suitable for you anymore, they would have the authority to do that. Um, but they also have the authority to buy another property. So if it was just to facilitate a house move, they would be able to deal with that for you. If you have rental properties, they can take over. Um, on your behalf as a landlord and ensure that the tenancies are running properly um, and anything abroad as well. Now there's a caveat on foreign assets. We can guarantee the use of a power of attorney in the UK. We can't guarantee that it will be able to be used abroad. So while you might have assets abroad that need managing, you've got to be very careful that you might need another document in that country depending on their requirements. Yeah. Um, from a health and welfare point of view, quite wide ranging what they can and can't do or what they have to undertake. Um, like I said previously, it only comes into effect when you haven't got capacity anymore. So it might be that it's deciding whether you need care, whether that be at home or in a residential setting, whether you need a certain operation that you can't consent to, they can consent on your behalf, um, certain medication that you might need, um, and then it's day-to-day -day things like 
how you dress, what sort of food you eat if needed, and whether a certain diet needs following. Um, and if you follow a certain religion or beliefs, it can be ensuring that you still can follow that if possible. Um, so it's very wide ranging on what they have to do, which is why the consideration of who is your attorney is so important to ensure that all those things are done in line with what you would want. Okay, so just to round us off really, Rachel, how can, how can you and how can Amanda Hadley um, help with an LPA? So we can draft them, we can prepare them for you and ensure that any instructions that you want to put within the power of attorney or preferences are worded correctly. So they're not rejected by the court because that can happen. Um, ensure that they're executed properly because that's another part where a lot of errors go wrong if people draft them themselves and not executed properly and then they get returned by the court. Um, and just provide advice if people want advice on them as to their effects as to the pitfalls of them as well because they're not soundproof they're not uh, you know things can go wrong so if you get us to draft them or just advise on them we can then make sure that you're fully informed of everything so you can make the decision and it's very understandable that people are very wary of making powers of attorney because they're handing power over to someone else to manage their money to manage their um, welfare needs and that is totally understandable but if you get the correct advice and give it the correct considerations which we can obviously assist you with then it gives you the reassurance that should something happen to you the right people are there to protect you and look after you if needed. Okay well thanks very much Rachel. Um, as with all of our podcasts um, details of how to contact Rachel, how to contact anyone Amanda Hadley will be uh, alongside here with our editor's notes. Um, great. Thanks, Rachel. Really informative and look forward to the next one. Thank you.